There were two more murders 15 miles when away. We arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. Movies can leave a lasting impression on their viewers. Most of us think of a movie that changed our lives in some way or another. On January 31st, 1949, a truly sinister man was born and would take his love for a movie a little too far. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Robert Andrew Bordella Jr., born January 31, 1949, in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, lived in a deeply religious Catholic household with a father who believed in corporal punishment. From an early age, Robert was an intelligent boy who rarely played outside and, due to his speech impediment and thick glasses, found socializing difficult and preferred time spent alone. This was only made worse when, after reaching puberty, Robert discovered he was homosexual. This is something that his religious father would not stand for, and for several years, he kept his sexuality a secret. On Christmas Day in 1965, Robert's father had a heart attack and died at just 39 years old. His mother quickly remarried. This caused distance between the two as Robert saw his mother's marriage as a deep betrayal. That same year, he saw the film adaptation of John Fowle's book, The Collector. The story revolves around a man who stalks and abducts a girl he finds attractive and keeps her captive like a specimen. Something about this chain of events, his repressed sexuality, the loss of his father, his mother's new marriage, and the way the movie affected him, all culminated into a dangerous man. He became more withdrawn and began collecting odd items and artifacts. By 1982, this would blossom into a business. During college, Robert became acquainted with drugs, a jail cell, and a bad group of friends. He dropped out of the Kansas City Art Institute in 1969 after a professor criticized his art. The art in question involved killing and cooking a duck. By now, he was a college dropout, drug addict, and spent all of his free time with male sex workers, fellow addicts, and petty criminals. Despite this, he was seen as helpful and civic-minded individual and participated in the South Hyde Park Crime Prevention and Neighborhood Association, even becoming their chairman in the late 1980s. He became a sort of foster parent to many of the troubled young men in the neighborhood and often had temporary lodgers in and out of his home, something that would serve him well when his killing spree began. In the meantime, he made money selling his collection of antiques and collections that he obtained from all over the world. By 1982, Robert was renting his own booth at the Westport flea market named Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. This is where he met fellow merchant Paul Howell and his son, Jerry. On July 5th, 1984, Robert offered Jerry a ride to a dance contest in Miriam. Jerry Howell, who was just 19 at the time, was never seen again. Jerry was plied with alcohol, Valium, and Asipromazine, and taken back to Robert's home, where he was injected with tranquilizer and bound to the bed. Over the course of 28 hours, Robert inflicted unthinkable torture on the young boy. He was repeatedly drugged, raped, tortured, and violated with foreign objects before finally choking on his own vomit and dying. 
Robert then suspended the boy's body over a large cooking pot, made several incisions, and drained the corpse of its blood. The next day, he was dismembered with a chainsaw and a boning knife, wrapped in newspapers and trash bags, and placed in garbage cans that were collected and taken to a landfill. Being the last one to see Jerry, Robert was questioned about the boy's disappearance. But he simply said that he dropped the boy off, as promised, and had not seen him since. What police didn't and couldn't know was that Robert not only committed the murder, but kept a detailed log of the whole ordeal. Time after time, victim after victim, Robert Berdella would detail the capture, sexual, and physical torture, and pleas that each victim called out. His victims were often former lodgers who once stayed in his home and came back needing help and a place to stay. He would often keep them for a few days, during which he would do things like swab drain cleaner in the victim's eyes, insert needles beneath a man's fingernails, bind his wrist with piano wire, fill his ears with caulk, send electrical shocks through clips on their nipples and testicles, and inject drain cleaner into a man's larynx to silence his screaming. All in all, he claimed six victims, all of which he meticulously tortured and documented, referring to them as pieces of his collection. He eventually earned himself the name The Kansas City Butcher, or The Collector, after the movie that changed his childhood. On March 29, 1988, Robert Berdella abducted what would be his last victim, 22-year-old sex worker Christopher Bryson. On the third day of capture, Bryson earned enough trust that he was given the ability to have his hands bound in the front instead of over his head during his sexual abuse. Then he was able to have the television on, and even left with the remote. Robert seemed to be letting down his guard when he accidentally left a book of matches within reach. Christopher was able to burn his restraints while Robert was away at work, jumped from a second-story window wearing nothing but a dog collar, and ran towards a meter reader, begging for police to be called. Christopher Bryson was taken to the hospital, and police began surveillance on Robert Berdella's home while a search warrant was obtained. When police came to Robert's home, he initially declined letting them inside. But with a warrant in hand, they entered and found numerous items that not only corroborated Bryson's story, but painted a picture of a vicious serial killer. Along with various items of torture, several human bones, and other body parts, they found 334 Polaroid images of men who appeared to be deceased. Many of the men have yet to be identified, Some were found alive, but others have yet to be located. Police also found a stenographer's pad that contained all of Robert Berdella's torture logs, as well as several newspaper clippings regarding missing men. On July 22, 1988, a grand jury formally indicted Robert Berdella for the murder of one of his victims, Larry Wayne Pearson. He was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. A second guilty plea earned him another life term for the forcible sodomy of Christopher Bryson. Then, after initially pleading not guilty to the remaining five murder charges, he reached an agreement with his attorney. In an effort to avoid the death penalty, he agreed to confess in graphic detail. In his testimony, he claimed that the movie The Collector left a lasting impression on him and his desire to collect these men as sex slaves. On October 8, 1992, after complaining of chest pains, Robert Brutella was taken to the infirmary where he was transferred to a hospital and died of a heart attack at just 43 years old. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. 
Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.